0: Well, hello everyone, and thank you for joining us for All Things Evangelism podcast. We are having a discussion today on evangelism as we do, since this is all things evangelism. Uh, and our topic of discussion today is entitled, What If They Don't Listen? I'm here with my friend, uh, Danny Mellenkoff and uh, partner in ministry. I'm not partner like partnering the same church, but colleague in ministry. Um, thanks for joining me, Dan. Thank you, Matt. Good to be here. <laughs> it's good to have you, man. Um, you are interested in evangelistic ministry. Is that right? Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. And when did you get fired up for winning souls? Because, you know, this has always been the case ever since I've known you. Yeah. No matter what job you're in, you're very fired up for sharing truth and helping people to accept it.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it, it all comes from my own personal journey at the age of 18 I gave my heart to the Lord through Kenneth Cox videos. Was that right? Yeah, hey, good old Kenneth Cox. Did you ever yeah, listen to sister, anything from him?
0: My sister, when I was a, a wild pagan, she used right? to. Yeah, she used to watch.
1: Uh, good old Ken videos. Cox. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a pioneer oh. in in public evangelism as far as putting it out there on video yep. uh, to to the public. And so, yeah, while I was going through a pretty pretty crazy, rebellious time. I wouldn't say super-duper rebellious, I wasn't into anything really heavy. Yeah. Uh, however, <laughs> I did live a life far away from God, so God wasn't in the picture. Anyway, yeah. my mother uh, hired some videos from our, our ABC bookshop back there in Melbourne, in Ngunna where I lived. We lived in the western suburbs. and. She'd go by train for a couple of hours to the other side of town, yep. to the Adventist Book Centre, get these videos on Kenneth Cox from Revelation, bring <laughs> them home. And anyway, um, yeah, one night, uh, Moomba Friday night, for those who understand Melbourne and the big festival in March. Oh, my mates never showed up for that evening. Don't know why, still don't know to this day why they never showed up to pick me up to go to Moomba and I started watching this Revelation video. and. Yeah, and I gave my heart to the Lord through that. I was 18 at the time. Yep. And so I was just so inspired by by what I saw. Gave, like I said, I gave my heart to the Lord. My life was completely transformed. Next day I was in church with my Bible ready for Sabbath school. And people were like, What are you doing here? Today? Yeah. You know, what I, to you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because I normally I'd normally turn up to church at the end of church when it was time for lunch. Yeah, right. So I was one yeah. of these. <laughs> and yeah. anyway, so um, yeah, through that, I just love to share and So, I started sharing the videos, started sharing all sorts of things. So, I guess my evangelistic uh, endeavors began through my own experience of being reached by this message. And so, I was evangelistic, you could say, from the age of 18.
0: Yeah. Dude, there's something about the theological framework of the Seventh-day Adventist movement that just brings faith to life. Mm. Like, I remember uh, my family, I always say that I was converted into Adventism, even though my mom was the real first convert into the Seventh-day Adventist movement, into Christ. and um, But we were like a fringe family. So we were, you know, in late, out early. Lifestyle was not in accordance with scriptural principles, like not even close. But my mom was just determined to hang on to the faith, you know. And uh, there's a lot to be criticized in my family's experience with religion and I had no heart for God. I, I kinda had a sense God was there and I believed that mm. the scripture was probably worth something. But anyways, she forced me to go to an evangelistic series when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And it didn't I wasn't converted. But I remember that that evangelistic series, it was presented by a guy named Lyle Lyle Albrecht. Oh yeah, I know. That. You know I, yeah, I've I've heard yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So I was I remember all of my friends the kids in the church, they weren't my friends, but the kids my age, they all kind of skipped out and went to the kids' programs and, and didn't sit and listen. Well, my mom was like, no, 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 you're, you're listening. You're going uh, listen to listen to that. To the, the real like, deal. Totally. You're listening to this. You're 12 years old. You're not going to a children's program. Oh, Jesus was 12? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, man, I, I remember him preaching the Word of God and just thinking, wow, this is true. And the prophecies of Revelation mm. and you know those great apocalyptic truths about the great conflict and how it's going to materialize and the Sabbath Sunday issue and the the church itself being Antichrist. And, you know, it was just like, what? And it was just so real. It was so yeah. true. So backed up by history. Oh, man, it was just like, okay, this is no joke. Like this stuff is no joke. And it like brought to life the truths of Scripture. And I, from that point forward, it was almost almost guaranteed that I would eventually be converted mm. because that information was just, it just kind of possessed my thinking mm. to a great extent, and then from that point forward, it was just running away from that, yeah. Because it was like, "Whoa, this nothing else is is yeah. true, nothing else is is real." It's
1: interesting that you share that. You know, we've got a very similar sort of experience. I've I've heard I've heard it said, and it's true. What you uh, are, <clears throat> what you are one to, or sorry, what you are one by, or the method that you yourself experience in in your conversion mm-hmm. is often um, the passion that flows out of you and how you seek to win others. So yeah. for me, the Adventist message, like you said, the Bible prophecies came to life yeah. and I just couldn't stop sharing that. So that's what I do to this day because yeah. it's in my
0: DNA. Just walk you up. It Woke you from the dead. Oh, absolutely.
1: Just I saw it like you. I, I saw that this is real because before, before that experience, uh, for, me, for me, the beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist church were were out there, they were nice, they were comfortable. It's what I grew up with. Right. But they weren't internalized. They weren't my beliefs. I could not stand up mm-hmm. and share and with conviction and with love and with passion and that I'm willing to put everything on the line for it. Yeah. So
0: yeah, it's that's huge. So, good. so we both love uh, the preaching of the truth of God's word. Absolutely. And the fundamental truth of scripture and the prophecies. Um, okay, so we're specifically talking about evangelism and and what do you do when they don't listen mm. when you don't get the results that you hope for. Um, a lot of times people approach evangelism the way they approach investing their money. they're going to make a certain amount you know a certain investment and they want a return on that investment and usually they want a return that's commensurate to, the investment. So they do a cost-benefit analysis and they say, okay, this is how much it's going to cost or we're going to reap the necessary benefit. And if we're not going to get the return on our investment, then we're not going to make the investment. Yeah. Um, what's, your, do you have, what's your thought about that? Is that a right way of thinking? Is that a good way of thinking?
1: It's okay for business. Uh, <laughs> it's okay if your bottom line is dollars and cents yeah. However, if the bottom line is uh, precious souls purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ, then then it's not the way it's to go. It's a different equation. It's a very different equation. Yeah. And we, we can go all the way to the beginning uh, when God created Adam and Eve. He gave them clear instructions mm. And what they do? They chose not to listen to those clear instructions. And what did God do? Did God say, oh, well, you know, too bad, so sad. Uh, I'll just start all over I again.
0: Get the, I didn't get what I had hoped I, for. Yeah
1: I, yeah, yeah, I didn't exactly. So I'll write them off as a bad debt. No, didn't, <laughs> he didn't write off Adam and Eve as a bad debt. Instead, he was willing to write himself off in order to save them. So it's a completely different paradigm shift. So... Uh, from the point of view, people don't listen. Yes, they haven't listened since the beginning of time. Nothing new under the sun. As Solomon said, our, our first parents didn't listen. But what did God do? The Bible says he went out looking for them and he said, where are you? And he goes and he looks for them. So he didn't take their uh, their rebellion as, a, oh, well, they've made their choice. Too bad, so sad. It's I've not my fault yep. Not doing yep. and I'm just going to start over. No, he wasn't willing to start over because God's not in the business of wiping his hands of those that have chosen to rebel. Instead, he goes looking for them. Ooh. And that's and that's the power of the gospel. That's why it's very different
0: to the to the worldly model of success and making money and so forth. Yeah. In business, we're trying to make money. That's right. And so we're saying, How much money do I have to invest to make more money? That's right. And so if I'm not gonna risk too much money if my if my possible return is not, you know, Mm. gonna be enough. But with people, like these are people, these are human beings. That's right. Created in God's image. In the image of God, and God has placed an infinite value upon people. And so if you fail in your attempts to reach people, you try again. That's right. Because this is people. That's right. (laughs) This is not money. That's (laughs) right. And it's kind of funny to me that oftentimes okay I think it's important to be good stewards Mm. and to use money as effectively as we can. But sometimes the idea of using money effectively is just the excuse we use to care more for money than we care for people. So, well, if it's going to cost us $10,000 to win three people, well, that's too much money um, to invest in just three baptisms. I think to myself, isn't that insane? Like, if someone were to say to me, you know, I have to spend $10,000 to save your son's life. That's just t- too much money to save one child's life. Like, how sick would that sound to me? You know, how terrible would that sound to me? That would be... That's inexcusable. That's crazy. Because it shows you, the low estimate that I place that's exactly upon right. the value of a soul. Um, you know, scripturally, I, I'm so glad you brought up Adam and Eve. Because you bringing that up gave me thoughts I'd never thought of before in regards to evangelism. But so Adam fails. And so God says, okay, um, we'll, we'll try again. So um, there's a so basically like he's God's representative on earth. Mm, that's right. And But he fails and the kingdom of earth goes to Satan's hands. Now then you got Noah who God raises up and he saves the world through him. And then you see textual evidence that there's some similarities between the creation account and the world after. So the world starts over in Noah, but then Noah fails, right? Like... Um, he gets drunk and, and all this kind of stuff. And then God calls Israel and then Israel fails, right? So you just have this like long course of scriptural history where God's choosing individuals to represent him um, and to have dominion and communicate the truth about him and reflect his image, but they fail, 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 fail. And so finally he comes in Jesus right. and then he succeeds in Jesus. And then um, even though he succeeds in Jesus, the Jews don't, listen. They just reject him. Um, But even though they reject him, he still for seven more years, according to the 70-week prophecy, Mm. still tries to reach out for their sake. I never thought of that before, like the 70 weeks prophecy, you know, it's like the Messiah comes, the people of the covenant, the Jews, just reject him. But then for seven years after, he he still tries to confirm the covenant, Mm. even though he was utterly and completely rejected to the point of them allowing Him to be tortured and yeah. crucified, yeah. interestingly.
1: It is interesting. And, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, currency. Uh, the, there is a currency in my mind of, of the biblical God's currency. In the world, the currency, the bottom line is dollars and cents. We all know that. Yeah. But in in as far as God is concerned, as far as His kingdom is concerned, the currency is the character of God. Mm. And what's the character of God summed up in three words? God is love. And for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Mm. And so... When people don't listen, we don't, we don't just all of a sudden, you know, say, oh, well, too bad, so sad. They don't listen. Yeah. Yes, there are times, there are times when, um, you know, Jesus had to walk away. Right. Uh, he, he did his utmost and even told his disciples, you know, if they, if they don't listen to you in one village, you know, yeah, dust, you know, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next place, and go to the next place, and continue to share, continue to share, and yeah. I think I think it's really, really important for us to realise that God is 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 doing all He possibly can to mm-hmm. save as many as are willing to be saved. And for me, um, yeah. a powerful scripture of this idea of you know what do they do when I mean what do what do I do what do we do when people don't listen comes out of Revelation three twenty. It's a famous scripture from, mm-hmm. you know, the, the message to Laodicea, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will, d- I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Mm-hmm. And I looked up the, 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 the tense in the Greek, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And, and, and I was just blown away that that knocking is in the continuous tense.
0: Uh-huh. So I'm what that means here, is
1: Jesus is yeah. standing there and he's continually knocking. Right. He continues to knock. And knock and knock, and it doesn't give up knocking until uh, either we breathe our last, uh-huh. or we have sadly grieved away the Holy Spirit, where we no longer hear that knocking. Not because Jesus stopped knocking, yeah. but because we have completely deadened our, our our sense to the Holy Spirit calling us through Christ. And so cool. that that tells me I need to just continue in the love of God, uh-huh. sharing and leave the results in God's hands. It's, yep. it's his business to bring conversion and conviction. My role is simply to share the message of Christ. Like Noah, he preached yep. for 120 years for yep. crying out loud. Well, <laughs> yeah. excuse the pun. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, he was crying out loud for 120 years and, and his family were the only ones that, that jumped on board. Uh, excuse another pun. Um, Jump on board the yacht you I'm, I'm hopeless. My, are you my, trying to
0: do that? No, no. My, that's it's, excellent.
1: The thing is, I I, I love puns, that's and so true. my my daughters are always like, you know, <laughs> no. Dad. You know, I don't need to say what they say when I come up with my puns. So they kind of come out a bit naturally half the time. But anyway, um, so yeah. But he he saved his family. That's good. And and that was the, the most precious, the most precious possession. Um, and so, for me, what do I do when they don't listen? Uh, for me, I, I I ask myself the question: Why aren't they listening? Sometimes, you know, sometimes we we put all we put the onus or we, the blame, so to speak, we put it on the person who is I'm rejecting here. the message. But it's often not the message that's being rejected, but it's the messenger that's sharing the message in an unchristlike way. So I. I, I stop and, and I pull back and I'm like, Lord, please help me to realize, um, am I sharing this message in love? Am I sharing it, you know, not, not watering down the truth, never watered down the truth, but yeah. I like what Steps to Christ says, you know, Christ never ever, um, uh, I can't exactly remember, remember sort of the truth uh, something. something, yeah, I, I can't exactly remember the words, but anyway, basically the, the point is Christ never hesitated to share the truth, the full truth and nothing but the truth. But he always shared it with love. Mm. And that reminds me of Jesus, you know, you're the salt of the earth. And so salt brings flavor. And so we need to share Mm. the truth in a flavorsome way. And sometimes I'm the one that needs to look deep within and see, am I sharing it in the best possible (laughs) way? And I
0: wonder sometimes too, if apparent failure in evangelistic outreach, isn't God just training us and Mm. just teaching us Sometimes we think we're more than we are, and it's in leading us forward into failure that God tests us and he proves us whether or not we are really committed to Mm -hmm. his mission, to his work. And to succeed means that you're gonna have to deal with a bunch of people, right? Because success in evangelism means you have a bunch of converts. Are we ready to take responsibility for that? It takes a lot of hard work and a lot of effort and energy to care for souls who've come to faith in Christ. And so if we're not willing to work for people, we're not willing to work to keep people. And so maybe God has a plan that he'll let a particular church do evangelism three, four, or five times before he ever lets them succeed because it's in those three or four or five failures that that local church develops the character necessary to take care of the souls that he Mm. will bring into their their congregation. We never think of the bigger picture, the Mm. long game. We always think just short, immediate reward. And if on a on a short time frame, we can't get a bunch of success with a very little bit of effort, we say evangelism doesn't work. And I think to myself, that's just silly. It's not that evangelism doesn't work. It's just that, as you said, it's not working when we do it. Mm. Just because it's not working when we do it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Mm. You know, it's like, it's almost, we're, we're very arrogant and almost narcissistic, like, like I tried to do evangelism and it didn't work, so evangelism doesn't work. Like who do we think we are? Like i yeah, you know, but, what I'm trying to but, say? But I'm, say. I'm just a bit cheeky here, but it's it's a yeah. good rebuke for, for I mean, us. But as a you church. think
1: of the word evangelism. Yeah. What does it mean? It means good news. Yeah. Good news. That that's literally what the word means, and it's in the context of the good news about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm of the I'm of the firm conviction, I've been doing evangelism now for some 20 odd years, I guess. I guess 30 years, if you want to. Go back to the 18, you know, when I was 18 um, and I have been uh, in one degree or another, but certainly the last 20 years I've I've been doing a lot of public evangelism. And and I have discovered, I have discovered that those who are genuinely seeking for Mm -hmm. truth, those who are hungering for righteousness, Righteousness, as Jesus put it, if the gospel is presented in the way that it ought to, as Christ said, if I am lifted up, Mm I will draw all people to myself. They will be drawn. The yeah. love of Christ will draw them. Mm. However, sometimes for whatever reason, we, we maybe don't share it. The person's maybe not in the right space at the oh. time. There needs to be time. And you know, I shared with you beforehand, my father-in-law, he yeah. was one to the gospel through the power of love, oh. the power of love. He hadn't listened uh, to the good news of the gospel for Almost half a century. You know, I won't go into the whole story, but the bottom line is that my father-in-law, who divorced my mother-in-law some, you know, fifteen odd years ago, mm. and um, and went off with another woman, she remained faithful. He got super duper sick at the end of last year, early this year. He thought he was dying, mm. and she took him in nursed him to health. This is his ex-wife. After all that's happened, she nursed him back to health and through that um, love and then he happened to start tuning into some of my messages that I was preaching. Um, He watched them through our website. He, he, He heard the story of the thief on the cross and made an appeal that no matter what you've done, where you've been, listen to the voice of Jesus now. Give your heart to Him and He will receive you. And He rings me up in fact, my mother-in-law and him rang me up and yeah. said, we've got something that we want to share with you. Your, your dad wants to share something with you. And he shared with me that he's, he's given his heart to the Lord. If that's true, what I shared, he's given his heart to the Lord. This is after nearly 50 years. Yeah, right. And so, you know, you don't give up on people. Yeah. You know, I, I've been sharing with him the love of Jesus, continuing, not, not just in words, but in actions. Yeah. And, and, and he, to this day, thanks me for the way that I've treated him while yeah. he wasn't, you know. Amen. acting in, and and that's that's really great. and that's the power Stick of the gospel your, and that's
0: your mother-in-law boy. Oh, she's that, that's that, amazing
1: grace. And that is amazing grace. Oh, that is amazing grace. That's indeed. awesome.
0: So Danny, did you ever play sports? Absolutely. yeah. have you ever I was mad about sports. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, okay. Cuz you're you're Macedonian, you're Macedonian. Macedonian, sorry. Macedonian. But you're not it's
1: all Greek, all the same. you're not Greek <laughs> Macedonian.
0: You're like no, Eastern no. European Macedonian. I'm Eastern European Macedonian. Okay, yeah. cool. Which is it's just Macedonian it's its
1: Well well now um, Macedonia used to be part of former Yugoslavia. Yes, back in the day some people might remember that, so you're not Serbian. <laughs> No, 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 and no. Not so, Serbian or Croatian. It's no, no, totally no, no. different Macedonia people. used to be a state okay. in Yugoslavia. Yes. A um, number okay. of states like Australia. And yep. We've got different states. So that used to be one of the states. And then when Yugoslavia fell apart, when the war kicked in, yep. then we had Croatia, Slovenia, Serbia, Montenegro, yeah. Macedonia, all different. Gotcha. So, but we border with Greece. Gotcha, cool. And so, so you try to kind of... Yeah, you try to I, claim Alexander. Yeah, they claim Alexander. We claim Alexander. At the end of the day, if I'm w- witnessing to a Greek, Alexander's theirs. Greek. If I'm ministering to a Macedonian, Alexander's ours. Well,
0: I think the Bible does say it. I try to be all things to all people yeah, to wow. win as many. No, no, don't That's be Paul dishonest said. though, because I think uh, I think Daniel eight says that it's it's Greece, yeah. Yeah. No. Well,
1: look. No. Well, technically speaking, uh, King Philip. Yes. Um, Alexander's father, King Philip, he was uh, the king of Macedon back then. But look, Macedonia back in the time of Greece and Macedonia today, very different. But it was Macedon and Macedonia gets its name from Macedon. And you can read about it in the
0: Bible, obviously, so you guys, New Testament. You guys, you guys kind of copied the name. And so now you try to still conquer it. I'm, just yeah, yeah. Kid, I'm yeah. totally just joking. No, it's <laughs> fantastic.
1: It's, 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 lots of, it's lots of good fun banter.
0: So, I asked the question about sports. Um, have you ever been on a team that, uh, that lost a game? absolutely most uh, of the teams that i was on did you, did, did you quit the team <laughs>
1: absolutely not yeah. why well that's because firstly you're part of a team yep. and uh just because you lose doesn't mean you you know you throw the toys out of the cot and um yep. and quit and uh and the other reason is because you want to improve and hopefully you're going to win next time like,
0: yes right and probably, too, because you like to play the sport.
1: And you love to play the sport. That's, That's right. right.
0: It's so isn't it amazing that little league sports players who are 10 and 12 years old show more commitment to their sport <laughs> than Adventist Christians show to a? That's, That's true. That's true. Yeah, no, true. it's totally true. And it's 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 something that I think we can learn from, right? Yeah. Like, is this who we are? And are we committed to this because we love it? Mm. Because it's the best possible yeah. thing we could be doing. Like the most noble thing, the most glorious thing, right? To yeah. stand for God and to proclaim the truth. In whatever context you can you know so i just i just i'm not someone who feels like you can guilt people into submission and they should go no. witness because they're guilted into it but i do think that guilt can be a good thing because guilt is like pain it tells you what not to do so if if you're feeling guilty about something that's a good indication yeah. that you shouldn't be doing it so if we're but feeling your conscience, guilty, through your conscience if we're feeling guilty because we don't witness well then Maybe, it's, maybe we should witness <laughs> we should you know, and to, to, yeah. to the degree that we can as an individual yeah. and as a church. So I think like as a minister, people can say that I say these things because it's my job and I'm supposed to say it. But then I would say, man, refer to the Word of God, you know. And uh, Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give. Mm. Um, he says, let your light shine. Mm. Um, we see in the ministry of all of the prophets and all of the apostles uh, a determination and a stick-to-itiveness, you know, where they just keep on fighting the good fight, irrespective of whatever challenges or yeah. failures that they meet along the road. And so I think that in today's church, I would like to see, and I think God would like to see, more heart, more drive, more kind of fire, mm. a sense of we're here and we're not going anywhere and we'll break doors down, you know, in a metaphorical sense, yeah. we'll break down barriers. Yeah. We're not here to compromise. Or make terms with the world around us. We're here to win people yeah. out of a dying world, yeah. out of a doomed ship. You know? Absolutely,
1: I think I think what you're saying is is so is so spot on. Um, it's it's only when you realise the value in in what you have that it then enables you to springboard into action. For example, okay, yeah. I'll just use a simple example: marriage. For me, my marriage of 25 years. Is, is super special to me, you know. It's precious to me, you know. I thank God every day, you know. I, I thank my wife every day, I thank God every day when we have worship together in the morning. Um, and, you know, for me, what I do for her, how I treat her, my attitude toward my wife springs forth from the value that I place on my relationship with her. The same would be true for my, for my daughters. Mm. The, the way that I treat them, uh, the love that I have towards them, the time, the way that I speak about them to others and so on and so forth is, is, is based on the value that I place on my relationship with them and how precious they are in my sight. In fact, my daughters, I don't, I don't call them by their names. Generally speaking, I call them by the name that I gave them when, from when they were little and that was precious. I literally called them precious. Now they're once they got to teenagers, they're like, "Dad, chill out with that." Yeah, you know, don't call me precious. In case you call me precious in front of my friends, yeah, yeah. you know and it's like. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll just try and remember to do that privately. But when what, why, why I'm sharing that is the Apostle Paul. He shares this very powerful statement. He shares the love of Christ compels us. Yeah, the love of Christ compels us. So when you have experienced the love of Jesus and when you have experienced his, his sacrifice, yeah. what that means, that compels you to share. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You know, sometimes we have a guilty conscience and we feel we need to uh, share and we're not sharing and so forth. And the Holy Spirit does. He mm-hmm. pricks our conscience. And there's a couple of scriptures we're going to read from Ezekiel um, that are very clear on, 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 on our responsibility. But you share because you want to share. You're looking for opportunities to share. Mm-hmm. Um, whether people listen or not, you're yep. looking for opportunities and you're you're praying for them and God brings those opportunities to yep. you. And it's incredible what God does when you begin sowing the seed of his love. Uh, there are those that will listen. Mm-hmm. There are those that will listen. And it's it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you never know who it's going to be, when it's going to be.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um, there's a guy who did evangelism in Oklahoma, and his church became the fastest-growing church in the North, North American division. He was a computer programmer named Bill McClendon. Oh, yeah. He had six members in his church, and they did six evangelistic meetings a year, and they just constantly did yeah. it. And he said that the first several years, I mean, they were growing fast, relatively speaking, yeah. relative to the other churches in the area. But... He said that eventually they started really getting momentum in the community because people would come because they would see these flyers, you know, six times a year in the same neighborhoods. And he said that uh, his theory was that you've never overworked a territory until you've either won everyone or they've kicked you out of town. So he said he said just because you've advertised to people well, once does it. not mean you've overworked the territory. Mm-hmm. It's only Adventists who say that. Mm-hmm. No marketer, no salesperson no. says you've overworked the area. But I
1: get pizza. I get pizza um, all the time. Uh, that's right.
0: Advertising in my letterbox, literally every week. Exactly, and that's that's I do that I do as well, and that's why whenever my wife goes away with the kids on a trip, I think pizza because <laughs> the advertisement's there all the time. So when you're constantly advertising, constantly doing evangelism now you're open for business whenever the holy spirit awakens Mm, someone to their need but if you're only doing evangelism once every four years so you don't quote burn out the territory well guess what in that four-year space between when you did evangelism there was 500 people who were open at certain particular points in time but you were never doing evangelism Ah. therefore God Absolutely. could never connect that person with your yeah. evangelism. If businesses just,
1: ran the way we do evangelism as a church, they wouldn't, they'd go broke. They'd all go broke. They wouldn't need COVID to go broke. <laughs> they right. would go broke. they already. And be broke. Uh, they wouldn't be so, in business. Uh, well, I can, I can just share on that briefly. Yeah. Um, in Warhope, my previous church uh, yeah. where I was at, well, not previous as in. Yeah, yeah know, a little a while ago, yeah. a little while ago, sort of in the. Um,
0: back in the old days. Yeah,
1: back in the olden days. Uh, I was really convicted on, on what you've just talked about, and we decided uh, that we were going to do one, at least one evangelistic program a year. And we did yep. that for five years in a row. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible to see the church busting at the seams. It wasn't because of me, because of what I was doing, but it's because we gave an opportunity to the Holy Spirit to work. and Totally. And after five years, we were busting at the seams. This is a country church, right? So this is a country setting yep. where we could not fit everyone inside our little church, and it was a little church. It was packed to the rafters, and we had an overflow, a video link in the hall.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Now, who's heard of that in the country? That's no fair. one. I've never heard of anything like that. <laughs> and it wasn't because I was something special or even the members were something special, but it's because we were simply inviting people to hear, to listen, mm-hmm. and not everyone listened. At the same time or or even during that period of time, yeah. but there were those that listened, and people mm. kept dribbling in, those that were interested, and they were listening. And that's yeah. and that's the whole point. You know, what if you do if no one listens? Well, that's not true. There will be someone's always people, listen. someone's yeah. always gonna in Noah's yeah. day, someone did listen. There was now, his right? wife, yeah. his sons, and their wives. There were seven yeah. people that listened to Noah in his day. There's never been a generation where no one has listened, mm. and it's not up to you and I. Uh, to decide whether we're going to share the good news of the gospel depending on how many people listen. There's no scripture Mm. that says, you know, make a calculation. Um, If 10 people will listen, well, then go ahead or five people or even three people. No, it just says, go share the gospel Mm. and let me take
0: care of the results, says God. Can can you imagine how, how great Noah would feel? feel that his family was saved because he preached even though no one else was so if you committed your whole life to the proclamation of the gospel and the only effect that it had on the world was that your kids would be saved oh hallelujah wouldn't that be worth it hallelujah absolutely that's that's demonstrated i would do it all over Um, again 50 times over so bro just to close here Mm. i just wanted to share something that i've observed in the book of ezekiel Mm. and this is many years ago when i first gave my life to god I'm, i'm doing my devotional prayer and study through the book of Ezekiel. And um, I noticed here in verse, two times in chapter two, God says the same thing. And I just wanna read it um, real quick. It says in verse four, God is speaking to Ezekiel. I am sending you to them who are stubborn and obstinate children. And you will say to them, thus says the Lord God. So God's saying, your message to them is gonna be what I have to say. So you're gonna speak on my behalf. Mm. As for them, whether they listen or not, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. So Mm. he says, it doesn't matter if they listen, it doesn't matter if they don't, it's like what you were just saying. Um, they, They need to know that I've given them a chance, I've spoken to them. And then later, just a few verses down in verse seven, it says, but you shall speak my words to them, whether they listen or not, for they are rebellious. So whether or not they listen, Mm. speak, and it's cool how God says for they will know that a prophet has been Mm. among them. So to me, there's like a real whole like big giant sermon there that could be preached. But this seems to indicate to me that God is saying that it's very important for me Mm. as God that they have a chance Mm. because they need to know they had a chance. So everyone needs to know I'm giving them a chance. So in the final analysis, when it's all said and done, in the final execution of judgment, God can say, and the universe can say, okay, let them go, because you gave them every possible chance. And so there's that element in our witness. It's a testimony that everyone had a chance. And I think that's a very noble thing. So you could could preach evangelistically for 50 years and have no one listen to you, but you did a brilliant and beautiful thing. You gave people a chance. And I think that we should value that because it's a, you know, doing something that's artistic and beautiful is worth doing just in itself. And how mm. much more beautiful and artistic a life could you live than reaching out on God's behalf for the sake of those who are lost? Now, that's just a side point. But the last thing I'm going to say is um, in chapter three, God says something even a little bit more depressing for Ezekiel. He says in verse five, you're not being sent to a people of unintelligible speech or difficult language, but to the house of Israel, nor to many peoples of unintelligible speech or difficult language whose words you cannot understand. But I have sent you to them who should listen to you, yet the house of Israel will not uh, be willing to listen to you since they are not willing to listen to me. So Mm. our podcast is, what if they don't listen? Well, (laughs) what is the answer That God gives to Ezekiel, like, what if they don't listen? Or if they don't listen? Or what if they never hear? Doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, you tell them. And it's just kind of crazy that Ezekiel's ministry begins with God saying to him at the very onset, they're never gonna listen. And he does the same thing with Moses, too, by the way. He's like, I'm sending you to Pharaoh, but he's not gonna listen. But still, take the message. Because that's your job. That's what I'm mm. calling you. So evangelism is not so much about us doing a work that we can succeed at as us fulfilling a calling that we have been assigned. Mm.
1: Well, even if you take yeah one step further, you, you've mentioned Ezekiel, you've mentioned Moses. What about Jesus? Jesus knew, according to the prophecy totally. in Daniel chapter 9, knew. that that the Messiah would be rejected. It's very clear there in the text, mm-hmm. the Messiah would be rejected, but he didn't. He didn't say, oh, well, they're not going to hear it. They're not going to listen. They're not going to respond. I'm wasting my time sharing with them. No, Jesus continued to share. And, right. and I think this is just so important. And I just, you know, you have shared yeah. one scripture from Ezekiel. I don't know how much time we've got. We yeah. might have another yeah, minute we'll, we'll or leave
0: two. You, we'll leave you to close for us. Yeah.
1: Um, but this is, this is really powerful. This is from Ezekiel 33, verses uh, 8 and 9. When I say to you, sorry, when I say to the wicked, God speaking to Ezekiel, O wicked man, you shall surely die and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. And verse 9, nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. And for me, this this is a real sober reminder of what's at stake. Eternity is at stake. And not just the eternity of those that will hear or possibly hear or not hear at all, as you pointed out, but the eternity of the person who is delivering the message or the person who, who claims to be a follower of Jesus. And it's interesting. It says, you know, but his blood I will require at your hand. And, you know, I can't help but think of, and it's the blood of Christ that was spilt on Calvary that provides mm-hmm. salvation. So this is an issue of salvation. So for me, for me, for whatever reason, to, to feel embarrassed or awkward or it's a waste of time, it's a waste of money, they're not interested, they're, they're postmodern secularists. they couldn't care less, they're just not interested. For me to say that is for me to, to turn my back on the blood of Christ that was spilt for each and one of these, e- each and every person. Mm. And so I've got a responsibility based on the sacrifice of Christ. It's it's blood. You know, this is life. This is eternal life that's at stake. Mm. And it's a privilege. It's a wonderful privilege. But, yeah, it's a it's a a heavy, big responsibility. It's a, heavy responsibility. it's a big responsibility. It makes
0: me want to say to God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Yeah, absolutely. Because if I believed sufficiently, I would not shirk my mm. responsibility to To share mm. as I could share the gospel Absolutely. and as a local church to do evangelistic outreach for the sake of those who Jesus mm. died for. Danny, thank you, brother, for sure, coming. my pleasure. And, um, it's a pleasure to chat. I, I really enjoyed our time together and I hope that you guys did as well listening. Uh, please continue to join us on All Things Evangelism podcast. We do this once a week uh, from the evangelism department. You could also subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or Apple, um, Apple, think, what is it called? Is it like podcast, Apple podcast or something? Anyways, on Apple, we're, we're there. But um, God bless you guys and have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week and uh, God bless. Take God care. bless. See ya.